0: Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stoleness. And coming up, we're going to preview this weekend's game between the Eagles and the Cardinals. Suddenly, It's a lot more interesting around here, with Jalen Hurts now leading the team to a win over the number one team in the NFC last weekend, the New Orleans Saints. Suddenly, anything seems possible, and we're going to talk about all of it coming up with Walter Mitchell, who is a writer and deputy editor for the Cardinals SB Nation site, revengeofthebirds.com. We'll get into the key matchups, like we do every week here on Eye on the Enemy. And then, uh, after that's all done, we'll take a look at the Eagles' playoff picture and why I think... Now that Jalen Hurts is in there, why it makes more sense to root for this team to actually do the impossible and win the NFC East. But first, joining me to break down this week's game between the Eagles and the Cardinals and uh, give us an eye on the enemy is Walter Mitchell, writer and deputy editor for RevengeoftheBirds.com, which is, of course, the Cardinals SB Nation site. You can follow him on Twitter at WBJ Mitch. Walter, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy. How are you?
1: Good, John. Great to be with you and pretty exciting to think of a game between Oklahoma quarterbacks, um, (laughs) standout quarterbacks in uh, Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts.
0: Yeah, and I want to talk a little bit about that in just a minute because man, they they got these guys. They do have so many similarities, and there's 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 a link between these two guys for sure with the with with their college. And you know, there's also another link in that these are these are two. And this is going to sound really stupid, so bear with me. But Eagles and Cardinals, both birds. The did you know the Eagles have lost their four last four matchups of bird on bird matchups? So the the I think the that trend line alone is is <laughs> is skewing things in the Cardinals' favor. I think Walter. Yeah.
1: Well, I wouldn't mind it being a fifth, but um, I'm expecting a a highly competitive game. And I was very impressed with the Eagles performance um, in their win against the Saints.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, We'll, we'll talk about—I want to get into the Cardinals' offense in just a few minutes, but let's talk about what you saw uh, with Jalen Hurts last week against the uh, New Orleans Saints. I mean, it surprised the heck out of us. I think it surprised the heck out of the rest of the of the NFL viewing community that Jalen Hurts was able to, I think, look as calm and as as competent as he did. He didn't play great, but— he led the offense, which is not something we've seen from an Eagles quarterback here uh, so far this season. It's been a very, very bizarre, strange, and depressing season to watch Carson Wentz lose whatever it is that he had over these last few years. So as you took a look at what Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense did last week, what stuck out to you as a big difference between how they looked before and how they looked with Hurts at center, under center?
1: Yeah, uh, you used the word calm, and I was really impressed with his composure and his you know they always say you know it takes a while for young quarterbacks to get the game to slow down I thought he just took what they gave him was patient um you know took off at the right times when uh, the when the cover the, the pass protection broke down got some good yards with his feet um through nice passes. I liked the, the passes to Ertz on the sideline. Um, they were money passes. Uh, he just played in control and um, didn't force the ball the way some rookies will do and didn't panic. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that that um, settled everyone on the Eagles, not only on offense but on defense now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we see what it means when a quarterback is just in control. I mean, he doesn't have to be a superstar. He doesn't have to be throwing for 400 yards. He doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes. It helps for sure. (laughs) Right. You certainly want that. But if you're just not making negative plays, and and one of the things that has been going on with Wentz all season was his inability to control the pocket his inability to get rid of the football his inability to escape pressure behind a makeshift I mean listen the offensive line has been a makeshift offensive line all season they've had 11 different combinations so far this season they lost Jack Driscoll coming into this week so uh, a rookie fourth round pick who's actually played really well for them it's a big downgrade from him to Matt Pryor who's going to be taking over at, at, at right tackle so uh, there there is a there is a an issue with the offensive line that clearly Wentz was just not mobile enough or dynamic enough to survive. Behind that offensive line, and even when they gave him time, he panicked and would take a sack or would would throw a ball wildly off target because his mechanics were all over the place. I mean, he he just he looked he he looked like a um he looked like a scared player back there where. He takes that seven-yard loss, that eight-yard loss. Suddenly you're looking at seg- second and 17, or you're looking at third and 11 after you make a nice play on first down. And he's throwing a, an interception that's going the other way. Whereas with Hurts, you know, it's, it's got to be so frustrating to to be close to him and to see him sprint out of the pocket. And even if he just turns what would have been an eight-yard loss into a two-yard gain, that's not that's a positive play, but it's also right. demoralizing to the defense and so you don't right. even need to make you don't even need to turn that into a 25-yard gain. Just the 7-yard loss to a 2-yard gain is such a big deal and I, it's got to be demoralizing for a defense when that happens.
1: Absolutely. And uh you know, you said the word link before between the Oklahoma quarterbacks, well, it's Lincoln Riley. And, um <laughs> the job he does with quarterbacks at Oklahoma is they're you know essentially John they're point guards um mm-hmm. yeah you know they're surrounded they they take advantage of the skilled players they have around them and they're distribute the, distribute the ball and use their feet when they need to um, you know Kyler would tell you this he's a pass first guy people think he's you know more inclined to run but he, he always wants to pass it first and, um, you know, he'll he'll then adjust if if you overpressure him. But uh, but, yeah, the whole point is get the ball out um, clean and on target and let your playmakers do the do the work.
0: Uh, let's um, talk about this matchup I think is going to be really key and that is the the Cardinals defensive line against the Eagles offensive line and, and how, how you think they're going to try to bottle up Jalen Hurts because Hurts ran for over 100 yards last week he did more with his legs than he did throwing the football which makes sense because the Eagles receivers are not exactly among the best and the brightest in, in the conference so uh, with Driscoll being out they're going and he's going to miss the rest of the season there's a big downgrade there I know the Cardinals are coming off a huge performance against the Giants 8 sacks in that game. Hassan Reddick had five of them. Jalen Hurts looked very good last week against a very, very good New Orleans Saints defense. The Cardinals are not quite as good as the Saints, but obviously coming off a big game against the Giants and a somewhat mobile quarterback in Daniel Jones, although not to the degree that that Hurts is. How do you see this matchup of the Cardinals' defensive front against a makeshift Eagles offensive line and dealing with a running quarterback like Hurts?
1: Right. Well, I think that they're going to need to... um, You Keep contain on on Hertz um, and be a little more vigilant about that um, than they would have with Daniel Jones, who was, you know, um, still coming off a hamstring injury. And um, they will be well aware of Hertz's escapability. So they're going to have to, you know, contain Rush him um, and try to get in his face from the interior. Um, That would be the first thing on my mind, um, the, uh, and they'll, they'll be fired up (laughs) there right now. (laughs) The, the, the rushers on this team are, are pretty excited and they're, they're coming full force, but they also will have to take into account Hertz's um, legs. So, um, that could be a neutralizer at times. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the other thing is, is that, I'm I'm a big believer today. Is you need athletic guys on the interior to be able to chuck blocks and get to a mobile quarterback, um, because if you don't, he's just going to escape. And um, I don't know if they'll put a spy on him on Hertz or not, but that's possible. Maybe Isaiah Simmons even. Although um, I'm hoping they'll put Isaiah have Isaiah Simmons key on. Or Devondre Campbell, Keyon Miles Sanders, mm-hmm. who I think is the key to this game. Um, I think they, they've got to not only contain um, Jalen Hurts, but they can't let Sanders um, get to you know do his thing, particularly on the outside um, where he's so quick um, yeah. and explosive. Um, he's a dynamic player, and, and that's that's. I think they're going to want to try to keep a good eye on him and particularly in in the passing game as well.
0: You know, you mentioned Sanders. That was going to be the next guy I brought up because I know the Cardinals have kind of been middle of the pack against the run this year. I think I saw 18th in the NFL in in yards allowed. And Miles Sanders is kind of a home run hitter. You know, he's right. he he just kind of he'll get like the two carries, two yards per carry, three yards per carry, four yards per carry, three yards per carry, and then he and then he breaks one open. He'll and he'll he'll bust one out for 65 yards. And at the end of the day, he's got 125 yards on the ground, and you know probably about two thirds of that came on one play. That's a typical Miles Sanders day. One of the frustrating things about the Eagles' offense this year has been their inability to get Sanders involved in the passing game. He was a dynamic receiver out of the backfield last year, especially over the last month of the season when the Eagles went on their four game winning streak. And it was mostly Carson, I think. Maybe it's an inexperienced offensive line, a rotating cast of characters not having enough cohesion. To know how to execute screenplays as well. But right. the Eagles used to run Sanders on wheel routes a lot. They used to do a lot of that mesh sit stuff that you just haven't seen seen them use him in that way this year. And it's been it's been kind of perplexing. They used to run Sanders out of the slot a lot last year, and we haven't seen that a whole lot. So that to me also I agree with you. I think that's a, a huge key is the Eagles, yes. I think the the Cardinals have to have to key un, key in on Miles Sanders, and I don't know if you know if, if you think that means they play an extra guy in the box and single up guys on on the outside because the Eagles' receivers really shouldn't pose much of a matchup problem with the Cardinals' secondary. But you how do you know how do you how do you keep an eye on Sanders coming out of the backfield and and him being used in the passing game, which the Eagles have ignored for the most part this year.
1: Well, the Cardinals against the Giants. They were loading up against their run with Gallman and Morris and uh, did a good job of taking them out of it. Of course, getting the lead to where Daniel Jones had to um, throw the ball more often than they wanted helped. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Cardinals are using sort of a hybrid 44 look, kind of keeping balanced to both sides of the formation um, so that they can defend running backs um, and particularly uh, try to um, keep contained um, on the outsides. Uh, so that's going to be a key in the game is that you're going to, you know, in order to kind of beat that, you have to pass over the top. The Giants were unable to do it. And uh, our corners played well. Patrick Peterson, Drake Kirkpatrick, Byron Murphy all had good games. Murphy got beat deep, deep once, but he was right there to make the play. Um, and it took a perfect pass from Daniel Jones to um, mm-hmm. Golden Tate, um, but I think that'll be a key for Hertz to try to, um, you know, exploit the Cardinals down the field on 20-plus yard pass.
0: So what's your confidence level on this Arizona defense uh, stopping the Eagles passing game? I know that that's been more of a strength for the, uh, for the Cardinals defense this year is, is, is stopping opposing teams uh, passing games. Um, uh, Baker in the, in, in the secondary is obviously one of the, one of the best safeties in, in the league and he does so much back there. Um, I have a hard time seeing how the Eagles are going to be able to throw the football against this football team.
1: Yeah. Art our secondary is starting to come on a little bit. And one of the huge upgrades we made from last year is we have a couple of players now who can cover tight end. Um, Hmm. Devondre Campbell will probably cover Zach Ertz. um, And uh, as may uh, Isaiah Simmons, when we play man to man, Um, Buda Baker can still cover tight ends when, when needed. Um, And uh, even though he gives up size, he's, he's pretty pesky in coverage. Um, So our our secondary is starting to um, play more aggressively, which I think they will do in this game as well. Um, We get a little handsy at times. um, So, you know, I mean, if our guys start to get beat. They might, you know, reach out and hook a receiver. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it's going to be an interesting um, game to watch. Jalen Hurts see if if he can attack um, a defense downfield. Um, a lot of his passes, um, mm-hmm. versus the Saints were underneath, and um, you know the longer ones I saw went to Hurts, which I thought were really mm-hmm. good at the corner routes. Um, and um, he's going to have to take some shots downfield and and uh, you know, so um, it, it's going to be an interesting test. I We just haven't seen enough of Hurts to know. Right. he <laughs> got this early in his in his tenure as an NFL quarterback. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the way he played uh, against the Saints and the, the composure, the, the poise and the accuracy um, and using his legs, uh, it's very impressive. So, you know we it was a wake-up call for anyone who's gonna have to play you guys the last three weeks
0: yeah i can imagine as as cardinals fans were looking down their looking down their schedule and seeing the philadelphia eagles uh and seeing how they were playing with Carson Wentz, it's probably not not a pleasant thing uh, to see what uh, Jalen Hurts did and the Eagles did last week against the Saints as the Cardinals are just barely holding on to that number seven seed in the NFC. I want to flip the field, and I want to talk about the Cardinals' offense, and let's talk about your quarterback, again, who very much in the same mold as uh, I I think if if the Eagles can turn Jalen Hurts into what the Cardinals have with Kyler Murray, who is still an incomplete uh, project here at this point, but... Um, certainly a guy that I'm sure Cardinals fans are still excited to have, um, looking at his passer rating of 94.7 man back in the 80s 90s 2000s that would have been he'd have been one of the top five or six quarterbacks in the NFL so it's a shocking when you when you're looking at passer rating in the NFL and you see he's tied with Justin Herbert who's also been very good this year for 19th in the NFL 94.7 used to be right. a really good passer rating but right. obviously it's a lot easier to throw the football now in this league but it's still a 67% completion rate over 3,200 yards passing, 23 touchdowns to 10 interceptions, pretty good touchdown-to-interception ratio. The numbers indicate he's kind of been a middle-of-the-pack to pretty good quarterback. How would you grade his sophomore season so far?
1: Oh, I'm I'm very pleased with it. You know, he... Kyler... The Cardinals are trying to, you know, pull off running a power running attack versus, you know... um, one of the better passing attacks in in, in the league and that's hard mm-hmm. to do yeah it's hard to keep your quarterback in rhythm when he's handing the ball off all the time or running it himself um and i you know i really think tyler has adjusted to that pretty well but it it's hard i mean when we had kurt warner he was always like no I, i've got to get in a rhythm and then we'll run the ball but yeah i mm-hmm. got to throw 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 don't don't have me hand it off twice and then have a third and seven where I haven't thrown a ball in 10 minutes. And, um, and I, I've always ascribed to that as well. I think if you, if you really want to, um, you know, I, I say pass to set up the run rather than run to set up the pass. It's easier on quarterbacks. Um, mm-hmm. But so the Cardinals are trying to find that great balance, and they, they've achieved it. I mean, they're in the top five in rushing in the NFL and have been all season. Of course, Kyler helps that when he when he's off and running. Uh, but Kenyon Drake and, and Chase Edmonds have been solid. Edmonds is more of a dual-purpose, uh, you know, receiver. Um, and uh, he's tough. He he's questionable for the game. He's got an ankle injury, but uh, hopefully he'll play. Um, and Drake's been solid. He's been a banger between the tackles. He scored a lot of touchdowns. Um, we score. Many touchdowns on the ground as we do in the um, air. And in the red zone, we had the highest percentage of TD percentage mm-hmm. going into last week, but we were two, two, two for seven versus the Giants. They did a good yeah. job down there. And they um, even had a goal line stand where they stuffed us uh, on the one inch line um, a couple times. So, um, but Tyler, it's very exciting to watch. He, he's, uh, you know, he, he's got a great arm. Um, he can make all the throws. I I just want them to take more vertical shots than they do. Um, and uh, because I think if you back teams off, it makes it easier for their running game and for Kyler to run. But uh, that would be one area that I think we need to pick up. We're still trying to find... Um, a number two wide receiver behind DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald has been was out two weeks with with COVID, um, mm-hmm. and at this point in his career, Larry is still the ultimate zone buster um, in the seams and over the middle and in the flats. But uh, you know, you're not going to take too many vertical, um, you know, shots with, with Larry these days. And right, Christian Kirk has been inconsistent. He has. Flashed in some games very well, but then sort of not been um, as visible in others, like last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and then we have a couple other young guys. Uh, our tight end Dan Arnold is coming on pretty strong. I think you you know if you look at him um, in the game, you might be impressed. He's got size and he he runs well and he's got good hands. Um, Tyler and and Arnold have been um, cooking up pretty well recently. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it is, it's a, it, everyone thought coming into the league that, you know, with Cliff Kingsbury, this was going to be a classic air race, And it's really more of a ground race. to tell you the truth. <laughs> um, it, it's more geared towards sort of ball control, um, consuming, you know, time consuming drives we're mixing in runs with passes and um, so they're trying to create that kind of balance it's worked in, in a number of games and in some games it's kind of backfired
0: yeah and i guess is do you think that's because they're trying to limit the amount of mistakes kyler can make or is it just do you think it's a philosophy that maybe we didn't see that kingsbury would bring to the table
1: that's a great question john because you know and i wonder that too it sometimes um, you know, if they're just protecting Kyler um, because, you know, a good running game supposedly takes the pressure off the quarterback. So mm-hmm. that's for one. Um, and at times Cliff Kingsbury has been conservative um, in particularly late in games and in uh, trying to close out games, which is, you know, maybe he's just Little nervous of, of putting Kyler in a position where you know you would make a mistake or take a long sack, which he's which has happened several times. Not as much this year as it was mm-hmm. last year. Um, right. So yeah, it's that delicate balance I think of trying to put your quarterback in the right position to make plays. And um, but uh, you know we. We were thinking coming in, I mean, the optics on this offense are nothing of what what we thought it would be. (laughs) Right. Um, Because of the, the attention to the ground game.
0: Well, and especially when you go out and you trade for DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason. Uh and listen, they've used him. He's he's caught 94 balls for 1155 yards, five touchdowns. I saw he's on pace for 116 catches, 1422 yards, six touchdowns. If he gets 116, that would make him the single-season receptions leader in team history, passing Larry Fitzgerald's 109 in 15 and 17. And I also okay. ran across this stat on your website. I thought, you know, he he probably won't pass uh, and and become the the all time reception yardage leader in a season. And I I had to do a double take when I when I saw who is the Cardinals all time leading receiver in a single season in receiving yards, and David Boston in two thousand one with fifteen hundred ninety eight yards. Uh, you could have given me a thousand guesses, right. I would have never come up with that <laughs> name, Walter. I mean, I remember him now once I saw the number, but never with with everything Fitzgerald has done over the last few years, I would have never come up with David I, Boston. Uh,
1: that's a good get, John. I didn't even know that. And, yeah. I mean, my first reaction to that was, boy, he was a one-hit wonder.
0: One-hit wonder. And that happens every, every now and then. But I know Eagles fans are going to be just – their stomachs are going to be in their throat watching Hopkins uh, go up against an Eagles secondary that may or may not have Darius Slay back there, who's uh, in the concussion protocol. Right. So, um, if if goodness gracious, they're already without Avante Maddox, who uh, was no great shakes as the number two cornerback, and Rodney McLeod's out for the out for the season uh, with a with a knee injury too. So the Eagles secondary is super banged up, and uh, Fitzgerald seems to just play phenomenal against the Eagles whenever he's <laughs> yeah. out there. So <laughs> I just I just have nightmares of of Hopkins and Fitzgerald running all over an Eagles secondary (laughs) on Sunday afternoon and just making it look ugly. Well, your front Um,
1: four will have something to say about that. Yes. They're playing well. Um, Your two tackles are uh, coming on strong late in the year. Um, You know, Fletcher Cox, I mean, year after year, that guy is a stud. I mean, you know, there's Aaron Donald, but then there's Fletcher Cox. I've always thought so highly of him. Um, and, and any time he took a whiff of free agency, I was begging the Cardinals to, you know, go all in on him. Yeah. But, uh, and, um, you know, Hargraves is having a good year for you. He's coming on strong. He's
0: coming on, yeah. Edges,
1: uh, Brandon Graham, and Sweat mm-hmm. had a good game.
0: Yep, yep.
1: Um, I, I don't know if Barnett got a little ding there, but, you know, he's another... Is he playing this week, Barnett?
0: I I think so, but he's been limited in practice this week, so I, I think it's up in the air, but it looks more likely that he's going to play than, than not. Yeah,
1: well, the, you know, you're your, your front um, seven. I also like your speed at linebacker with Duke Riley and the kid Stapleton, I thought, made some good plays against the Saints. Um,
0: oh, you're okay. you're referring to Singleton, yeah? I mean Singleton. Alex Singleton, yeah, 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 yeah. Excuse me. Singleton's looked really good. Uh, their their rookie Sean Bradley has has made some really nice plays. We we've been calling for Sean Bradley to get some more playing time as well. But I will tell you, I think that is the first compliment anyone has ever paid the Eagles linebackers this year. And you're right, they are playing better football now, uh, as the season goes on, as Singleton and Bradley get some more playing time for sure.
1: Yeah, and and Riley had that nice interception. He did. Um, mm-hmm. you know those are the kind of linebackers you need to defend Kyler
0: Murray to chase him around the field yes. yeah
1: you need yeah. you need athletic speedy linebackers to take him on and and so, you know you've got you got a mm-hmm. good little trio there going and um you know I think that'll help you in, in that aspect um but yeah I think probably the key for the Cardinals is just how how much they can, um, how much success they can have against your secondary.
0: Well, this is a key game for the Cardinals and for the Eagles as well. I'm going to get into the Eagles side of it um, in, in just a few minutes in the next segment. But obviously this is a game the Cardinals need to have if they want to hold on to that number seven seed because you got the Vikings and Bears playing each other this week. So if uh, one of those teams will stay hot and stay right on the Cardinals' heels. Um, if the Cardinals win, uh, they can actually move up to the number six seed Uh, if Tampa Bay loses to the Falcons, so there's a chance to move up with a win. If they lose, um, you know, the the winner of the Vikings, Bears, uh, jumps ahead of the Cardinals in in the playoff race. So obviously a huge game in the wild card chase uh, for the Cardinals and the Eagles coming up here on Sunday afternoon. Walter, give me your gut. How do you see this one shaking out on Sunday?
1: Um, I, you know, first of all, I I still recognize that this is an important game for you because uh,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you're not out of it. I
0: mean, not out of it. No. Nope.
1: Not in that division. And, uh, <laughs> you know, all those team, teams are coming on much more strongly than they did at the beginning of the year. They're all, yeah. I mean, the Washington football team right now, nobody wants to
0: play their defense. No, that defense is legit.
1: And now that Andy Dalton is starting to click with that Cowboys offense, you know, they're starting to look like, you know, a, a facsimile of themselves. Um, you know, and the Giants are getting, you know, good play in all three phases. Their defense has held up really well, you know, so, I mean, that division is, is a lot better than the records suggest, in my opinion. And, you know, I know as, as, as a, you know, someone who keeps a close eye on the Eagles, I respect their talent. I think that, uh, you know, they've, they've had, they've been in so many games and, you know, down to the wire, they've, they will fight you right for 60 minutes. And, um, so, you know, I don't, I think it's a toss up. I think, uh, you know, it'll probably come down to, um, you know, the fourth quarter and who gets, you know, who makes the, the biggest plays, um, you know, um, home field advantage these days is not that big of a deal. So, um, there'll be no fans there. So, um, I'm just fascinated with the matchups. I think that both teams match up pretty well, and um, it's going to be a fun game, exciting to watch those two Oklahoma quarterbacks.
0: Well, we'll be looking forward to the matchup here on Sunday afternoon between the Eagles and the Cardinals. Again, a, a game full of playoff implications, like you said, for, for both football teams at, at this point. And so um, it'll be an interesting one. And uh, we'll have a, a matchup of two running quarterbacks from Oklahoma. Like you said, it should be a lot of fun on Sunday afternoon. Hey folks, make sure that you are checking out everything that's going on with the Cardinals by going to revenge of the That's the Cardinals SB nation site. Follow Walter Mitchell on Twitter at WBJ Mitch. While Walter, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy, man. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, John. Um, Best of wishes to you and the staff.
0: Well, up next, we're going to talk about the Eagles' place in the playoff race. And can they actually still win this division? And really, more to the point, do you still want them to? Or do you still want them to tank? We'll talk about that coming up next here on Eye on the Enemy. And we're back on Eye on the Enemy. So a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but I know that I tweeted it out, that as far as the 2020 Philadelphia Eagles season was concerned, I had officially joined Team Tank. I just didn't see any reason. There was nothing good, really, nothing long-term anyway, that could come from the Eagles actually making the playoffs this year. Even if they managed to somehow back into the division title in the NFC East, it would come with a losing record. It would come as maybe they would be maybe the worst division champs of all time. Carson Wentz was still playing horrific football. The offense looked lost. The defense is here again, gone tomorrow. They don't, they don't play complimentary football. So The Eagles would get back into a game, and then the defense gives up a long drive. It was happening every week, and this was just a depressing team to watch. We basically wanted to see this season end as a mercy killing because it has really been a dreadful 2020 season. But then Jalen Hurts enters the picture, and again, I'm on record as saying I don't like the pick. I still think it was a bad pick. I think it was the the, the process was absolutely wrong for all of the multitude of reasons that we've talked about before, and yet Jalen Hurts comes in and provides the team not just a spark. He lights a fire under the team. They played with more urgency. They played with more desire. And I can't explain that other than maybe having a running quarterback back there. The offensive line knows they've got a little bit of the pressure taken off of them. The defense has to account for one extra person on the field. Defenses didn't have to account for Carson Wentz, especially running the football with his mobility. Carson Wentz had become a statue in the pocket and it had become too easy to bottle him up with Jalen Hurts. One of the more frustrating things is when you get into the backfield and you get to where you want to go as an edge rusher or you, you get that push up the middle as a defensive tackle that you want to and suddenly the quarterback's gone and he's turned what should have been an 8-yard loss into even just a 2- or a 3-yard gain. It's demoralizing. And the Eagles were set up in better position in 2nd and 3rd downs last week and the offense played like a like a functioning offense with Jalen Hurts back there. He wasn't a superstar. He wasn't a pro bowler. But he was he was competent and way better than anyone could have expected From a guy making his first career start against the number one defense in the NFL. So we come into this week's game against the Cardinals and the Eagles. They win. They, they moved to 4-8-1 on the season, which is still a dreadful record. In any other season, this team would be dead and buried, but not in the NFC East, which has improved in recent weeks. Obviously, the Washington football team with Alex Smith at quarterback and a great defense, they do look like the best team in the division right now. The New York Giants took a step back last week and a bad loss to these very same Cardinals as we just talked about, and the Dallas Cowboys are, are lost in the wilderness. They, they are probably the worst team in this division. With Jalen Hurts at quarterback, suddenly there's a reason to watch this football team. Suddenly there's a reason, maybe even to get a little bit excited about this football team. So let's take a look at the scenarios facing the Eagles here with three weeks left in the season. By beating the Saints last week, they improved their odds of winning the NFC East from 6% to 12%. If they win out, they would finish 7-8-1. Their odds go up to 21% if they beat Arizona this week. It increases to 37% if they beat the Cowboys in Week 16, and 72% if they beat Washington in the final week of the season. That's not knowing anything about what Washington does or the Giants do in their final three weeks. So here's the scenario. If the Eagles win out, they need the Giants to lose at least one game, and the Giants have to play the Browns at home. They go to Baltimore to take on the Ravens, and they host Dallas. You would imagine the Giants lose at least the Cleveland game or the Baltimore game. And then you need the Eagles to have Washington lose at least one game, one of their next two Seattle at home and Carolina at home. The Eagles will go to Washington. Oh, no, sorry. The Eagles will host Washington in the final week of the season. The Eagles have to win that game in order to make the playoffs. Really, there's very there's no scenario where the Eagles make the playoffs if they don't beat Washington the final week of the season. So if the Eagles go 3-0, and they need the Giants to lose at least once, and they need to beat Washington in the final week of the season, which means they go 3-0, and and have Washington lose either to Seattle or Carolina in the next two weeks. Certainly feasible that they would lose to Seattle. If the Eagles go 2-1, and but one of those wins is against Washington in the final week, they would be 6-9-1, and and would need the Giants to lose twice and have Washington finish the season on a three-game losing streak, losing the next two and to the Eagles. And then Dallas would have to lose at least once as well. So the Eagles lose again. They're pretty much done. But if they win out, they, they the, the path to the postseason is actually not inconceivable. It's actually, I would say, somewhat likely, given the opponents that Washington and the Giants have to face these next two weeks. But there are still many fans who don't want this. And I understand that. I didn't want this. As, as as early as last week, I didn't want this. I wanted to see the Eagles get that higher draft pick because the thinking was with Carson Wentz at quarterback, even if you back into the playoffs, you're not winning a playoff game. You're not doing anything in the postseason if you get there. So what's the point? All you do is you hurt yourself in the draft. You set yourself up for a demoralizing loss in the postseason that really brings you no joy whatsoever, and you don't get as good a draft pick by losing by beating the Saints last week, they fell to number 9 in the draft order by the way, just ahead of the Giants and Lions who were at 5 and 8. Had the Eagles lost to the Saints, they would have moved up to number 4, and this season would have been over and we would have been able to throw dirt on the 2020 Eagles season and watch these last three games just purely to see how Jalen Hurts does and uh, to to see how high they can pick in the draft. But now, now there is actually a chance that this team could make the postseason and now you're watching an eagles team that with Jalen Hurts they're i don't know if they're good i don't know if they can be good they probably still are not good quote unquote but they're at least interesting right and the other thing to remember about the eagles is that once they get to december under Doug Peterson they become a different team almost i don't know why they can't bottle this december energy and use this in september, october and november they are 13 and 7 all time in the final month of the year under Doug Peterson, and 12-4 and since 2017. And it seems like the Eagles always go on runs with backup quarterbacks. You've heard the stat a million times that Doug Peterson is 11-2 with backup quarterbacks. I was all aboard Team Tank. But after watching Hurts play, I'm changing my tune. And I think there are two huge reasons why you should want the Eagles to make the playoffs with Jalen Hurts. The first is that they might actually win a home playoff game with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. So let's say they go out and, you know, and, and they get Jalen Hurts and he plays like he did against the Saints. They, he th- This team proved that they can beat the best teams in the NFC at home with Jalen Hurts back there. No, the Eagles are not going to win the Super Bowl. But not every season has to be about that. When I think back on one of the greatest games I've ever witnessed— it was in the 1995 season, or actually at the end of the 1995 season, in January, so te- technically January of 96, but it was in, the, in the, the 95 playoffs. And the Eagles were hosting a playoff game with Rodney Pete at quarterback. This is the first year of Ricky Waters. This was uh, Fred Barnett's last year with the team. Uh, they had a, They had a real makeshift defense that played very well under Ray Rhodes. This was the year of the fourth and one game against the Cowboys at home. And in the postseason, the Detroit Lions came into Veterans Stadium. I think they were on an 11-game winning streak. They had Scott Mitchell and Herman Moore and Barry Sanders and the run-and-shoot offense. It was inconceivable that the Eagles could, be, could could win that game. I think they were four-point underdogs at home in a playoff game to the Detroit Lions. That's how hot the Lions were. That's how down on everyone the Eagles were. And the Eagles had a good season that year. I think they won 11-5 and that year. It was either 10-6 or 11-5. So it's not like they finished under 500. They, they actually legitimately had a good season under Ray Rhodes in his first season in Philadelphia. So this was, this was a legitimate playoff team. This wasn't a team that backed into the playoffs. They earned their spot, unlike the 2020 Eagles, who will most likely back their way into a division title with a losing record. Nevertheless, this was a team that had really no chance of winning the Super Bowl. The Cowboys were still by far the cream of the NFC, and the 49ers were also dominant. The Packers were coming into their own with Brett Favre at that point. The Eagles were not as good as those teams, and everyone knew it. But yet they had a home playoff game against the Detroit Lions, and I was there. I was there for this game, the wild card matchup against the Lions, where the Eagles put on one of the greatest postseason performances in NFL history. It's one of the greatest games in veteran stadium history. It came out of nowhere. No one was expecting the Eagles to put 58 points up on the board against the Detroit Lions and win that game 58-37 in the single most entertaining sporting event I have ever been to. Now, I was at the 2004 NFC title game against the Atlanta Falcons where they finally ended that streak of three straight NFC title games without getting to the Super Bowl but that was more a cathartic release. It was a fun day, it was a great day, but it wasn't you know, it wasn't one of those days where you where it was like a party. This was a party in the stands because they were up 38 to 7 at halftime. They had that Hail Mary at the end of uh, at the end of uh, the first half to Rob Carpenter where it just the avalanche had completely fallen on top of the Lions heads and I think they were up like 40 41 or 44 to 7 early in the third quarter where it was just a party in the stands. Everybody was feeling good and it was so unexpected. It's one of the greatest memories I've ever had as an Eagles fan, being there for that game, being there in the stands that day, yelling at Lomas Brown, who guaranteed a victory, chanting Lomas, Lomas over and over again. Sometimes that's what you want from sports. I mean, they got blown out by the Cowboys the next week in the divisional round. It was an, out- an outcome everyone saw coming, but it didn't matter. That Lions game will always go down as one of the greatest games of my life. And I knew that it wasn't going to result in a Super Bowl. Sure, that we all had a little bit of hope the Eagles could go into Dallas and beat the Cowboys because of that fourth and one game, but everybody knew what was going to happen. It was not a team that was going to win the Super Bowl. Sometimes a season doesn't need to be about that. Sometimes you can, you can make a great memory. Sometimes you can, have, you, you can finish off a season in a great way by doing something unexpected like winning a home playoff game. And just keeping your season alive and giving yourself a memory. Hey, remember that game in, to, in, in 2020, the end of the pandemic season? The Eagles were awful all year. And then J- Jalen Hurts came in over the last four weeks and they got into the playoffs and they actually beat the, the Saints in the divisional round. Remember that game in the wild card round? You remember that? That was awesome. They beat Drew Brees 40 to 6. Wasn't that awesome? You remember that game? That could happen. Probably not. But you give yourself that opportunity if you get into the postseason. And we could get a scene like that this year. That's the thing about Jalen Hurts is he's such a wild card. And what we saw last week was so interesting and intriguing. I don't know that we're likely to see that the rest of the season. I don't know that that's what we're likely to see against the Cardinals. I'm still not picking the Eagles to beat the Cardinals on Sunday afternoon because you need to see it more than one week. But it's on the table, right? We've seen Doug Peterson do this with backup quarterbacks. I don't know why he can't work with Carson Wentz. I think this marriage between the two of them is absolutely broken. One of these two guys will not be back next year. Or if Carson is back, he's not the starter. There's no way Doug Peterson is the head coach and Carson Wentz is the starting quarterback heading into next year. I I just think that that is plainly evident. But there's something to Doug Peterson working with these backup quarterbacks that, you know, maybe this is Doug's offense. And he actually gets to run his offense when there's a backup quarterback in there, someone other than Carson Wentz. That's, that's on the table as well. So that's the first reason why you should be rooting for this team to go on a three-game winning streak and win the division. The second is that we'll have even more information about Jalen Hurts and the futures of Peterson and Carson Wentz in 2021. So let's say the Eagles went out and go to the playoffs with Hurts at quarterback. Well, that would assume that he's played well over these last few weeks. And it gives us, if he gets into the playoffs, it gives us one more game of information because this is a small sample size we're going to get from Hertz here over the last month of the season. You can't really make any long-term decisions based on one month of play. But if he gets you into the playoffs... Over this final month by playing well, and he gets you, and, and and then you see him play in a postseason game, which would really be ironic. Imagine if Jalen Hurts actually gets a full postseason game in under his belt before Carson Wentz does. Can you imagine? But let's say Jalen Hurts goes in and and he plays well in that postseason game. That gives you more confidence in maybe making him the starter next year. It gives you more confidence in saying, okay. What do we need to do with Carson Wentz this offseason? Can we restructure his contract? Can we get him to restructure his contract to facilitate a trade to the Patriots or the Colts if they're interested? Do we just cut him and take the enormous cap hit in 2021, but then we're free of it in 2022 after that? Do we bite the bullet on 2021 and just say... We, we can't bring Carson Wentz back as the backup. We, we need to cut him if we can't find a trade partner. That's, that's a very unlikely scenario. I, I, I hear that, and I don't think that that's likely. But at least you, you have some idea if Jalen Hurts gets you to the playoffs, and he plays well in the playoff game, and let's say he even wins a playoff game and gets you to a second playoff game, there's no way you're going back to Carson Wentz as the starter next year unless Jalen Hurts gets hurt somehow between now and then. So it gives you more information. You're certainly not drafting a quarterback in the first round if you're in the playoffs and you've moved down the list. So you take that possibility off the board. I think, or, or you know, here's the other scenario. You do with Hurts what you said you would do when you drafted him and developed him is you flip him for a first-round pick maybe. If, if Jalen Hurts gets you to the postseason and wins a playoff game for you, but you are financially committed to Carson Wentz and you believe you're going to bring a head coach in here, that can fix him, maybe you trade Jalen Hurts and bring in a new coach to work with Wentz. But that would defy all logic. Like If Doug Peterson wins these last four games, gets the Eagles to the playoffs with Jalen Hurts, Hurts is playing well, and Hurts plays well in a playoff game, wins a playoff game for you, there's no way Jalen Hurts or Doug Peterson are going anywhere next year. I don't know what that means for Howie Roseman. Maybe that means Howie Roseman stays too. And maybe you throw all of the blame on Carson Wentz at that point. The preponderance of the evidence would seem to indicate that Carson Wentz was the problem. And I don't i still don't think it was all Carson Wentz. But that's why these last three weeks are interesting. And that's why if, if Jalen Hurts plays well these last three weeks and gets them into the playoffs, and you see how he does in a playoff game, it just gives you more information to go on. It gives you more to think about. It gives you more to chew on. And it helps make your decision perhaps a little bit easier. So that's the other reason why you want to see Jalen Hurts lead this team to the playoffs over these last three weeks. Suddenly tanking these last three weeks just creates more questions than anything else. And if you're into chaos, okay, there you go. Maybe <laughs> the Eagles win two of these last three. And Jalen Hurts plays pretty well, but doesn't play like he did against the Saints. Let's say he the, the defenses figure him out a little bit. Let's let's say they go into the final week of the season and lose to Washington and miss the playoffs after losing to the Washington football team. Well, now all of a sudden you don't know quite exactly what you're going to do this offseason. So it gives you a little less certainty. We, we have another offseason of a quarterback controversy, and, and, and we do this dance. We do this dance for, for an entire spring and summer, and that's just not going to be any fun for anyone. It'll be some content for sure, but uh, that's the kind of scenario you're looking at. So two big reasons there why you don't want to be on Team Tank anymore. Jalen Hurts has changed everything. Jalen Hurts has changed the way we look at this last month of the season because you see that, you know, really anything is possible. A loss to the Cardinals on Sunday, which is what I think will happen, will will pretty much end anything like that. And so if you, if you are on Team Tank and you just want this thing to end and you don't think Jalen Hurts is the answer, then losing this weekend ends all talk of the playoffs, really. And again, maybe then it does make sense for this team to lose its last two games. But, you know... There's a chance you could see something special in the postseason with Jalen Hurts at quarterback, especially if he goes on a three on a four game winning streak here. So that's where I am on this football team. But again, I do not think this is a game the Eagles will win on Sunday. Going to Arizona is always a tough place to play. Uh, I, I don't think this Cardinals team is as good as I thought they were going to be. Kyler Murray hasn't been quite as good as I thought he was going to be this year. Kenyon Drake is obviously a good running back, but I think he is someone the Eagles can bottle up. I, I think the Eagles defensive front can, can get to Kyler Murray. Obviously, if, if the offensive line can give Murray time, He can do some damage against the Eagles secondary, which is, again, depleted so I think that's what will happen I think Murray will be able to make some plays with his legs I think he'll be able to get outside the pocket and I think DeAndre Hopkins could have a huge game especially if Darius Slay as of this recording was still in the concussion protocol if Slay is not back DeAndre Hopkins could have a monster game receiving the football and again the the Cardinals are very good at running the football the Eagles have done a good job against running backs this year so that is playing to the Eagles strength but uh, the, the the Cardinals could pass the football all over the place against a very beat up and struggling Eagles secondary so I I think, I think this will be a close game. I think Jalen Hurts will keep it close. In the end, I think the Cardinals win this game 24-21. to 21. Folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. My thanks once again to Walter Mitchell for coming on the podcast. And, folks, don't forget to read bleedinggreennation.com every day to get yourself the latest information on your football team. And don't forget to check out revengeofthebirds.com to keep an eye on the enemy as well so that you can see everything that's going on with the Cardinals ahead of this Sunday afternoon. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy.
1: P G N